When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And so then I was like, I said to him, I just don't think it's fair. I just don't think it's fair. Hello, Lauren, are you listening? Oh, sorry. I drifted off there for a minute. It's a good thing that we're learning all about active listening this week then, isn't it? Because you could do with some tips. I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Laura Mishkon. And this is Self Care Club. The advice for self-care today is endless and can be yet another overwhelming job for women. Every episode, we trial a different self-care practice, live it to the letter for a week and report back to you on the results. Will it actually improve your well-being or will it be another waste of your time? We test out self-care so you don't have to. Welcome to Self Care Club. Hi, Clubbers. Welcome to the first episode of our month-long mental health mini-series. In support of Mental Health Awareness Week, which is the 9th to the 15th of May, we're going to bring you five challenging mental practices, which we hope will help you, inform you, and encourage you to take any steps that you feel will benefit you in your overall wellness journey. As always, Nicole and I are going to be challenging ourselves too and doing the practices alongside you and bringing you our experiences. And this week, we're kicking off with a fundamental, active listening. Active listening is a pattern of listening that keeps you engaged with the person you are conversing with in a positive way. It is the process of listening attentively while someone else speaks, paraphrasing and reflecting back what is said and withholding judgment and advice. When you practice active listening, you make the other person feel heard and valued. Active listening involves more than just hearing someone speak. It's not just not talking, i.e. being silent and thinking about what you are going to say next. That's not being an active listener. Active listening seeks to understand rather than reply. The goal is for the other person to be heard, validated and inspired to solve their problems. So what are the benefits of active listening? Well, firstly, it's an important social skill. It helps you build trust and understand other people's situations and feelings, which then empowers you to offer support and empathy. Establishing the habit of active listening can have many positive impacts across all important areas of your life in all kinds of relationships, both romantic and platonic. Being an active listener in a relationship means you recognise the conversation is more about your partner than you. This is especially important when your partner is distressed. Your ability to listen actively to a partner going through a difficult time is a truly valuable skill. It helps keep you from offering opinions and solutions when the other person really just wants to be heard. Active listening at work is also particularly important if you are in a supervisory position or interact frequently with colleagues. It helps you understand problems and collaborate to develop solutions. It also showcases your patience, which is a valuable asset in any workplace. 
in social situations, active listening techniques like reflecting, asking questions, seeking clarification and watching body language help you develop relationships when you meet new people. People who are active and empathic listeners are good at initiating and maintaining conversations. Amy Morin of the company Very Well Mind talks about the three A's of active listening. These stand for attention, attitude and adjustment. Attention involves being fully tuned into the words and gestures of the person who is speaking. The attitude is one of positivity and open-mindedness. And the adjustment is the ability to change your own gestures, body language and reactions as the speaker's story unfolds. But what does active listening sound like? Should we do a role play? Oh, we haven't done one of those for ages. We haven't. I love a little game. Go on then. So you come to me with a situation and I'll actively listen. Oh, I'm going to be the one with the problem. Yeah. You're going to be the listener. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Ready? Okay. okay. Oh, Nicole, I'm really sorry to dump this on you. I know you're so busy today, but I've just had a massive fight with my sister and we haven't spoken since and I'm really upset and I just don't know who to talk to. Course, tell me what happened. Right, so we were arguing about what to do for our dad's birthday next month, and it just blew up, and I'm so angry about it. Oh, that's really rough. You must feel very upset that you're not speaking. I know how close you are. Yeah, I am. I am really upset, but she just made me so angry. She just assumed, without even asking me, that I was going to plan it all, host it all, and I just don't have time. It's like she just couldn't appreciate it or see anything from my perspective at all. How did that make you feel? Frustrated, upset, cross, a bit guilty because she wants to make this amazing party and I'm not going along with it because, you know, I just can't. And, and I know that he would love it. And it got so heated and I told her that she can just make it her own place and not include me. But that also doesn't feel right. Sounds complicated. I bet you need some time to sort out how you feel about it. Yeah, I think I do. Thank you for listening. I just needed to vent. <laughs> Now, if you're not active listening, yeah. that would be a very different conversation, wouldn't it? Because you'd be replying to what you're saying. You'd be responding. You'd, I'd be giving my opinion. I'd be butting in. Yeah. I'd be I'd be listening to you with the intent of what I'm going to say next, which is not what active listening is. Yeah, and also maybe if you'd met my imaginary sister, because I don't have one, <laughs> I've only got a brother, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, wow, your sister's done that before. Or, yeah, yeah that's typical of your sister. Or, yeah. you know, that's Yeah, sort that's of stuff. chiming in. Yes. Yeah, inflaming the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you encourage active listening in other people? That is a very good question. It is. We have all been in situations where our listeners were distracted or disinterested. So here are a few ways to deal with this situation. Find a topic that interests you both. This works particularly well for small talk as you get to know one another. You can model good listening skills. Be a good listener yourself. By seeing you demonstrate active listening, that person might just become a better listener for mm. you. Also, mm. and I love this one, exit the conversation. If the other person is clearly uninterested in hearing you, don't stick around. Just get, nice. Get yourself out of it, I would say. Nice. It's hard, isn't it? Because yeah. if you're giving all of your active listening skills, mm. you do want the same in return. You, you do. But you can't control that. You've got to pick your audience. You have to, yeah. You have to pick your audience and I think you have to pick your subject matter mm. with your audience. Mm. Yes, also true. Don't you? E.g. when you're talking about the power lifting PBs, I'm probably not that audience. No, but you do listen to my nonsense. I, I listen. You do listen. I listen. I yeah. know you do. And I, that's very sweet because I know you don't really care. <laughs> Most people don't really care. 
That's why I've got my gym crew. They care about you. Not even Adam cares. And he's at the gym with me. Oh, that's okay. That must be difficult for you, Nicole. How does it make you feel? (laughs) Actually, I understand because if I was in his position, I'd think it because he used to do triathlons and I used to find it so boring listening to him. So there we go. (laughs) So to help us with our practice this week, we enlisted the help of self-care club resident therapist, Kate Medlin. We love her. She hasn't been on for ages. I know. It's about time Kate came back into the club. She is going to guide us on exactly what we should be doing this week. And here is what she had to say. Right. So here's my tips for how to actively listen. What you need to do. Make sure you have the time to listen. It's okay to say, I'm sorry, but I'm in the middle of something. I'm about to go out. I'm vapping my vagina juices behind my ears. Can we talk when I get back or have finished? So that you're not rushing your listening. Be aware of any distractions that might get in the way of fully committing to the conversation. So turn your TV off, radio, phone, any distractions that might take your focus away from the person you're listening to. Show that you're listening by giving affirming non-verbal communications such as nodding and other relevant facial expressions and give strong eye contact. But it doesn't have to be 100% eye contact. Just make sure that you're mostly focusing on that person. Give verbal encouragement. Encourage the person to continue by giving small signs of encouragement such as, yeah, I see, go on. And you don't have to fix the problem. The most important thing is that they feel listened to. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to find a solution. Give non-verbal eye contact, stillness, focus your body towards them. Find a quiet space to talk where you won't be interrupted. Communicate warmth, genuineness and empathy. Active listening allows us to hear more than just the words someone is saying. What are they trying to tell me? Is there a word in there that I can repeat back to them because it feels like it needs further attention? Listen to the actual words that they're using, the story they're telling, including the details, whether they're talking or silent and when. Listen to their voice quality. Is it soft, hard, confident, timid, strong or weak? Listen to the emotion that they're expressing through what they're saying. What are their facial expressions? Are they relaxed, frowning, fearful, disgusted, smiling too much? Sometimes people can tell very harrowing stories but with a smile on their face because they don't expect the story to land in the way that they're feeling it or they want to protect you from how harrowing it is or how difficult it is for them to say it. They're trying to soften the blow. But just because they're smiling doesn't mean that it isn't hurting them, what they're telling you. Think about non-verbal behaviour. What's their body language? How do they walk into the room? Are they fidgety, sitting on the end of their seat? What are their hand movements? Are their arms crossed so they're protecting themselves? What's their posture? Are they giving you eye contact? What are the non-verbal sounds that they're making? So what are they deep? or shallow breathing? Are they clearing their throat a lot? Are they nervously laughing? And in conclusion, listen with your undivided attention. Try to tolerate pauses and silences. So don't step in to rescue 
sometimes they might say something that makes them think more and makes them bring up something new that they hadn't thought of. Attend to non-verbal clues. Suspend your judgment of the other person. Put your feelings and experiences to one side. So don't try and say, oh, I've been through that. I know when that happened to me, this is how I felt. Because they might feel completely different. Listen out for what's not being said. Tune into yourself. How are you being affected? Good luck, girls. <laughs> I look forward to hearing how it goes. That's a lot. It's a lot of info. I might have to listen to that about three times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, clubbers, if you're listening and there was a lot of info there, feel free to rewind, go back and listen or just take the bits that really stood out for you because you can't do all of it. You know, she's a therapist, so she's very trained at listening. Yes. But here's a nice little exercise that we can do and the clubbers can do. Okay. Um, psychiatrist Mark Goulston pioneered this exercise. It's called the Hoover exercise. Mm. Not like the vacuum cleaner, mm. but H... Good. H-U-V-A, Hoover. Because I really hate hoovering. Oh, I love a dustbuster. Ugh. I don't, like, I don't like hoovering, but I love a dustbuster. But you don't like hoovering? No. Okay. No one likes hoovering. No, no one likes no. to hoover. But this is not hoovering. This is H-U-V-A. And Mark Goulston says, do this once a day for a week. It will change all your relationships. Keep doing it forever and it will change your relationships and make you more successful forever. Okay. And this, this is how you do it. You pick one conversation a day where you make a commitment to be as present in the conversation as mm. you can. Nice. Present, meaning you are really connecting rather than it being a transactional conversation. So you have to actually choose it. This is the conversation I'm going to have today. And after the conversation, you rate yourself as if you were the other person on a scale of one to ten. So... Out of one to ten, this is the H in Hoover. How much do you feel that you heard them? Mm. Did you interrupt them? Did you change the subject? The U, out of one to ten, how much did they feel understood by you? Did you ask them to say more? When they showed emotion about a subject, did you ask them to say more about it? What, why was that so awful? Why was that so wonderful? Did they feel understood by you? The V is out of one to 10. How much did they feel valued? How much did you sincerely value what they said? In all honesty, did you say to them during the conversation, wow, that is remarkable. That's so interesting. How come you decided to do that? Mm. And the A is added value. How much out of one to 10 did they feel that you added value to that conversation? So just to summarize, this was our week, you and me. So that's heard, understood, valued and added value added value yeah nice so to put it all in to kind of one place for you yeah. and i yeah this was our practice of the week yeah number one to be present in one conversation each day make an active decision to do this and choose a specific conversation where you want to share those skills put the phone away lean in make that other person your sole focus and two to evaluate our listening skills what steps did we make to make that other person feel heard and grade ourselves on it. And it is a skill. It's, it's a, a skill set. It's a life skill. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 And that will always need work. Absolutely. And that is what we did for a, for whole, a whole week. week. <laughs> so how, how did you feel yeah. going into this week? <laughs> but 
before you say anything, because yeah. I don't want to interrupt you okay. ever again after we've just gone through really? all of this. No, because we interrupt each other a lot. I think that's kind of part of our podcast, it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But so I'm going to really try in this podcast not to interrupt you. Okay. Because I'm going to do active listening. Okay. How did you feel going into the week? I felt like it is a skill that I could do with a little brushing up on. Yeah. Do you feel you're a good listener? Sometimes I feel I am a good listener. Oftentimes I feel I am too chatty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I feel sometimes like I don't leave enough space. I talk for too long. I probably interrupt, but that would not be on purpose because I hate that with other people. Mm. And also I really notice when other people are very good listeners. How did you feel going into the week? Did you just notice how I just gave you space? I did, yeah. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really hard. Yep. I feel exactly the same. Everything you just said, I think I talk too much. And on that that Mark guy that you were talking about before that did the Hoover method, method he was on that amazing podcast very well mind that you told me to listen to about active listening it was so good right it was so good and what he said was because someone asked him what the secret to life to a happy life is speak less listen more yeah so simple and I thought yeah I could really do with that I really need to speak less and listen more because in the doula world we always say you have two ears and one mouth yeah same thing Louis also said that to Teresa did he? In New Jersey. Real Housewives. Oh, interesting. You don't remember that line? I don't. You don't remember that line? But she could it do was with... so shaming. She could do with um, a lot less talking. Yeah. Or maybe just a little more thinking before she speaks. She's a whole different kettle of fish. That's a whole different thing. Anyway. Yeah. So I was quite happy to go into it. I have learnt active listening many a time through all my coaching courses. Oh, of course. Uh, it's a big piece of the coaching model. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so again, I'm I'm an active listener when I'm in a coaching session. Don't know don't know how much of an active listener I am in the rest of my life. I agree. As in I have not been formally trained to actively listen, but obviously it is a massive part of my job. Yeah. So in when we do antenatal sessions, if there is a previous birth to debrief, that's a big part of my job is to actively listen. And during the birth, I'm listening and I'm also paying a lot of attention to body cues and body language and things that are not being said and all of that. And I'm listening to them afterwards when they're talking about how it was for them. So I do a lot of it at work. Yeah. Ear work. That's nice. Less of it at home. Kate asked us these questions to ask each other. Points for discussion. This is new. She says, she asked us to ask each other, what makes it easy to listen to certain people? Oh, really? Yeah. What makes it easy? Mm. For me, I find it easier to listen to people that listen to me. Mm. And I don't mean in a tit for tat way. I mean in an open relationship where it's where both there's where there's space for both of you. Okay. Interesting. How would you answer that? I find it easy to listen to people who are engaging, 
Does that sound unfair? Engaging how? They engage you when they're talking. It's it, it engages you. It's interesting. I find that easy to listen to. But engage, what engages you and what engages me might be different. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's subjective, yes, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also people whose feelings I care about. I guess I always want to listen to them. Yeah. She That's said, nice. what makes it difficult to listen to certain people? Oh, I don't like this question. <laughs> I know how to answer it, but I don't like it. Oh, interesting. What makes it difficult to listen to someone is when they're in victim mode. Mm. Can't do victim mode. Okay. I'm very intolerant of it. Something mm. I need to work on. Okay. You? I am not great at um, needy and incapable. Ouch. It's really hard, isn't it, to admit yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, I I will just say this. You know that I am really of the like stiff upper lip, get off the floor, pull yourself together brigade. So, and this is my floor, not anyone else's, but I find it difficult to listen at length to anyone who's not doing that. Oh my God, is that like the most wicked thing to say? No, but what I've said is not completely dissimilar. Is it? Because I, I, can't, I, I can't with someone who's just not willing to help themselves or someone who just wants to sit in the problem. Yeah, find that's, that, that's, yeah. I find it very that, difficult. That's more accurate. I don't want to say I don't want to listen to anyone who has a problem. No, you're not like that at all. <laughs> but I guess, and also I, they don't need to come to me for a solution. I'm happy to sit and listen to the problem and not fix it. But there needs to be some sort of plan at some point, maybe not in that moment, because that's just a moment for being at rock yes, bottom. Yes, I agreed. Yes, I'm pleased you brought that. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean like they've got a, they've got a problem. You have to fix it now. No, otherwise I'm not listening. But it, if it's going on and on and on and on and on, and we're still sat in the problem, yeah, weeks later, it's like, well, this isn't good for you. Or the problem raises its head over and over and over and indefinitely. Yes, then it's hard not to say well. We've been here before many times, so let's think about switching something up so that this is not a problem anymore for you. That sort of thing. But people only want to do that when they're ready. Yeah. As I've learned as I've gotten older. Sure. And you can't make someone ready. You so can't. Kate says, what blocks our ability to listen to others? Oh, judgment. Oh, for sure. Op opinion, judgment, moral high ground, all that. Intolerance. Ugly, yeah. Frustration. All that ugly stuff. Yeah. Icky stuff. Impatience. Yep, that too. Well, they're nice, juicy questions, Kate. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for that, Kate. You've just shown us up in our worst <laughs> lights. So, thanks. But clubbers, think about those questions and have a go answering them yourselves. Mm. They're tough. They are mean. Kate, you were so mean this week. <laughs> what, what, what is it about you that feels the need to ask us mean and difficult questions, Kate? Yeah, ask Kate. yourself that question. Yeah, Kate. Yeah. 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 We're going to cut to a break now. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to tell you about our weeks. We are.
This episode is sponsored by Horizon Studios. If you're travelling this year and looking for high quality, sustainable and beautifully designed luggage, then look no further than Horizon Studios, who've launched two new ranges. The RE series, the world's most sustainable 97% recycled luggage, and now the revolutionary Air series, the world's lightest high-end suitcase. If you have airport anxiety, worrying about the weight of your case when it goes on those scales, then the Air Series is for you and it is definitely for me. The Air Series pushes the boundaries of travel. Each detail is designed and engineered to combine an ultralight and durable product. It's significantly lighter than regular suitcases, thank goodness Lauren, that is brilliant. And it comes with a lifetime warranty because the most sustainable suitcase is the one that you only buy once. We used the cases to go to Paris and Wales last year, and as chronic overpackers, we could still wheel them around with ease. We could. Ultra light and compact, the Air Series is made from a premium polycarbonate hard shell with reduced thickness and a recycled lining. It's 100% vegan and produced in a way that is 99% waste-free, blending design and function seamlessly. So, Nicole, you can pack those extra five pairs of shoes with no stress. The entire range is available on the Horizon Studios website and in all leading department stores. Just go to www.horizon-studios.com. Horizon Studios. Let's go further. So, yeah, come on then. You want me to tell you about my week? Why of not? A- of the active listening. I'm going to actively listen. Okay. It was odd, as it sometimes is with this podcast, that I was just given ample opportunity to actively listen this week. Because it's a little bit weird to just go out and find someone and say, excuse me, please can you talk at me so I can actively listen to you? No, I don't think so. It is. No, of course it is weird. But I don't think it's, it's, you would have to go looking for it. I think it's very easy to actively listen and a situation would come up immediately. It might. Well, I could do it. I'm doing it now. I'm not because I just interrupted you. (laughs) But I could do it now. And I'm just having a normal conversation with you. Yeah. Well, my first my first uh, experience of the active listening week was actually with you. Oh. We had a phone call. You needed to offload a situation with, am I allowed to say a neighbour? Oh, yeah. Okay. You needed I doubt to- <laughs> she's listening to <laughs> well, my you, podcast. You needed to offload a situation with your neighbour. I felt it was a phone call, so I couldn't look at your body language or do any of that. But I, I felt like I listened to you during the call and I felt like I empathized with you. I found that very easy. Um, I paid attention to how I felt after the call, as said in the intro. Uh, I felt like I had listened and I also felt like I hoped that you felt that you could rant freely and feel not judged and understood. I always feel like that with you. Okay, well, that's good. That's that's good. So that was experience number one. In the week. Thanks. Thanks for doing it on me. Didn't notice. Oh. Uh, no. In a bad way? No. I don't think that is because you weren't doing it properly. I think it's because you always listen to me. I try. I, or, let me reframe that, I always feel very heard with you. That's very nice. You're welcome. Thank you. So, later in the week, uh, my middle son, Zach, he came home from school. He is about to turn 16, actually. So, you know, not often that chatty. 
It's a funny age for a boy. Um, He came home from school two days in a row and both days I was on the phone. One of the days I was on the phone to you and the next day I was on the phone to a client and I couldn't end the call. Um, So he said, oh, that's the second day I've come home and you've been on the phone. And I could tell that it was really bothering him. And that's a really good place to jump into what he's not saying. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't need to say no anymore. I I understood. Yeah. So um, I apologised, and as Kate advised, I said, "I'm I'm sorry. I couldn't speak to you in that moment because I had a client on the phone, and she was in. She was very distressed, and I I couldn't end the call. But I can talk now. And I put my phone down." closed away from me and he just offloaded a little bit about his exams and I asked lots of open-ended questions and I gave lots of verbal encouragement and I gave him my full attention and I was quite surprised to see how he responded he actually ended up hovering he went from hovering by my bedroom door to actually sitting on my bed he never sits on my bed this is the child who used to pour at the shower door mommy mommy (laughs) I couldn't have a shower I couldn't do a wee without this child But it's been a long time since he's like sat on my bed. You know, so he sat there and we had a little chat. And I was quite surprised to see how by doing very, very little, I got quite a big reaction. When I say a big reaction, what I mean is a two-way conversation (laughs) where he engaged with me. Lovely. Yeah. And how did you feel? I felt like he had benefited from my attention and I felt a lot of guilt that oh. I don't do that more with him. Because I think, and this is a whole different subject, but I think often with teenage boys, because they keep themselves to themselves, you often get the impression they don't need you very much, want you very much, not very interested in you. But it's not actually true. When you actually engage with them, they are very engaging. Oh. So that was that. Um, and then on Saturday... I was in the car driving to town. I was the passenger and my client called again, the same one who had called when I was on the phone to my son. And she called to update me about a medical situation. She'd had some results. She was very, very upset, very distressed. And I just listened. I mean, and I I noticed because I was sitting in the car as the passenger with the phone on my ear, but not talking, which was a bit strange. Yeah. Um, I asked at various points, how do you feel? How do you feel about that? What do you feel about if this is going to happen? And I felt like I really listened to her, but again, it wasn't in person. So it was very easy to listen because there were no kind of visual distractions going on. And would you have done that anyway? Of course I would. I'm very aware of that. But I think because of this week, I really made a point of not interrupting and of stopping and asking her about her feelings at different points in the conversation. Mm, lovely. And didn't say that much. And I noticed that. And at the end, she went, thank you so much Aww. for this call. You just hone your skills a bit more, don't you? But you need, like, the teaching of it. Yes. You know. And the reminder. Yeah. And some of these points are quite intricate. Mm. It's not just... Don't interrupt. No, it's, that's not it at all. No. That's not actively listening. No. That's just not interrupting. Yeah. It's a very different thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that was my week, really. Beautiful. Thank you. Well done. 
Thanks. You've scored very highly this oh, week. Oh, okay. I'd like to hear about yours, please. Um, it was it was nice actually. I really enjoyed having this hanging over me, or sort of like you say hanging over you. I that know. doesn't sound positive. I know. So let me rephrase it. I liked having it surrounding me. Oh, okay. This week, much better. I went for a walk with my friend. Um, I like to think I'm quite a good listener with mm -hmm. my friend. She's having a bit of a rough time. Her dad's not been well and she's got a few other things going on. And I just listened. Mm -hmm. I just listened mm -hmm. and we had a lovely walk. And if I had to rate myself after, I would think she would have felt very heard. And it felt very connecting. And it was nice. Mm -hmm. I say nice. She's having a really hard time. Mm. So the conversation was difficult at times for her mm. but in terms of her and I sort of connecting with one another that part was nice but even though she's having a difficult time at the end of that walk you would hope that how you had been with her would have felt nice for her yes and I think it did look you'd have to ask her in order to, sure. get, to get a real yeah. review but I think I did okay okay I did okay do you feel that you interacted with her differently on that walk than you have done in previous conversations because of this week did you make did you change anything about the way you spoke with her or listened to her well there will be times on the walk where I will do an active I will be active listening or there'll be other times where I would sort of be trying to help her and give her my opinion and that's never very helpful okay so actually just the listening and just being with her and giving her the space to speak, mm. I think was much more um, therapeutic for her. Yes, I understand that. Yeah. Um, okay, so this was, this was a funny one. Mm. So Friday night, mm -hmm. we're at my parents for dinner. Mm -hmm. I'm in a bit of a bad mood and Adam's in a bit of a bad mood. Nice. Sounds we're, like a nice atmosphere. We're all around the Friday night dinner table and we're talking about the logistics of the weekend. Mm. I was going out with my girlfriends on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I don't normally do that. Mm -hmm. Adam had, he did have the hump about it a little bit mm -hmm. because on that Saturday night, Daisy had to be taken to a friend and then picked up at 11.30 at night whilst Lily Rose had a friend sleeping over. So he was just doing really boring kids stuff. Yeah. You know, feeding, clearing up, picking up. Whilst you're having a jolly night out. Whilst I'm going out oh, to a really nice okay. restaurant in London. I get it now. Right. Yeah. So he was in a bit, yeah. and he kept saying he wasn't pissed off about but it. He, but he was. But he was. Yeah. So he then said to, so he was getting a bit narky with me. So I said, it's not a big, it's just not a big deal. It's just, you're making it into a whole big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not anything that I don't do all the time. So he says to Daisy, well, what time have you got to be picked up? She goes about 1130. He's like, well, can't you get someone else to pick her, to pick you up? So she says, well, no. He said, well, then I'm going to have to pick you up earlier. And I said, oh, stop it. Just, just stop it. Just like, leave it alone and just pick her up. I do it all the time. Anyway, he then got into a real mood. Oh, and he, he's never really in a mood with me. I'm normally in a mood with him if anyone's <laughs> in a mood. And I could really notice at the dinner table he was very tetchy. So, and I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Why? What's wrong? Just tell me what's wrong. Just tell me what's wrong. So eventually he says, okay, you want to know what's wrong? I said, yes, I do. And he went into this whole rant about how he was trying to make the evening smoother for him so that he didn't have to then go out at half past 11 and take Lily Rose and her friend at half past 11 to go and pick her up. He said, and I didn't appreciate you interrupting and just telling me to basically suck it up. It wasn't your place to do that. 
Now, rather than me chiming in and sort of us having a whole row, I actually heard him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really hard. Yeah, I bet. And you know what I said? What? I said, I'm really sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a bit taken aback. Yeah, I'm sure he was. <laughs> I'm a bit taken aback. Uh, no, because he was right. It wasn't really my place to sit there and micromanage his evening. Right. It yeah. was up to him to yeah. manage it. Why am I getting involved? He's like, you're going to be out getting drunk. Like, leave me alone. So, so I said, I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. So he goes, okay. Mom just did that. And then he went on. Ah, mm-hmm. He went on mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. I said, no, no, I've said I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. don't push it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was it. I've said I'm sorry. I've listened to a point. Yeah, I've listened. Yeah. I've actively listened. Now shut up. I've apologised. <laughs> and then he went on again and I said, you know what? I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. You are right. I have apologised. Please, can we leave it now? He didn't really want to leave it, but he did. Okay. Not convinced. Not convinced. I think that was active listening. Do you think he felt heard? No. <laughs> I don't think he did, but I did hear him. Okay. Because I was wrong. Okay. Anyway, so that was example number two. Okay. Example number three. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine dropped her daughter off at my house. We're friends. The kids are friends. And she walked in and the kids went off. And I looked at her and I said, are you okay? Because she didn't look okay. Mm -hmm. And she just burst out crying. Oh. And then she was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then she started talking to me about what was going on. And I didn't say anything. I just gave her a hug, Mm -hmm. held her hand, Mm -hmm. and she spoke. Mm -hmm. And and that was it. Mm -hmm. And she kept saying sorry. And I said, please don't apologize. Honestly, I'm very happy to listen because I just needed to get it off my chest. Yeah. And then later on, I got a message from her saying, thank you for being so lovely. I find you so easy to talk to. Nice. Isn't that nice? And was that nice to hear? Yeah. It was really nice to hear. Very good. And I felt really pleased that I gave her that space because she really needed it. Mm. Just that 10 minutes of someone listening. Mm. It was really therapeutic for her. The bit I find hard in those sorts of situations is often, if it's something that I have experienced... I often want to share my yeah. experience yeah. because my intention is to say to, to them. Help, to help. Well, my intention is firstly to say, by the way, you're not the only person this has happened to. Not in a mean way, but in a like, I, I understand your situation because this has happened to me too. You're not alone in your situation. And also because if I have been through it and I have found a way that helped me, I would hope that I could offer that advice to help them. That's not something you're really supposed to do. That's not active listening. It's not active listening. And I find that part of it very tricky. Mm. Um, Especially when it comes to birth and clients, because obviously I have done this three times and I've also seen about 200 women have babies. So I've seen a lot and there's a lot of information I can give. And there's a difference between offering that, offering the solutions and the practical advice and just actively listening. So with this particular client who's had a really difficult week, even though I have experience of what she's now dealing with, I decided to just let her speak. But it's also not your job to fix it. Not to fix it, but often I am asked, 
What do you think? Well, what that's would you different. do? That's different. Well, yeah. That's that's very yeah. different. Because yeah. if someone's not asking, because yeah. we have this in coaching, right? right. We are not there to fix. Mm. We are not there mm. to advise. Mm. And you have that as well, don't mm. you? Yeah, well, I'm there to support. I'm there to yeah. support. I'm there to facilitate. Mm -hmm. It is not my job to have an opinion about what you should Absolutely be doing. Absolutely not. I'm here to just draw it out yeah. of you and yeah. lead you to the place that you need to get I'm to. I'm there to offer you the options and give you the information so you can make a decision for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So we both have to be actively involved, but in a quite a passive way. Which is hard. It is hard. Sometimes. But, I'm, but to do it in coaching feels very natural. Yeah. But to do it in real life, life when my best friend is sitting there crying, it's difficult. That's what I'm saying to you. Is yeah. That I, to hold that back, which feels very natural to me, is tough. But, by, but with my friend who was at my front door, who mm. was crying, mm. and we're not really, really close, mm. but we're very fond of one another. Mm -hmm. Um... For it, what it would be so inappropriate for me to say, this is what I think you should do. Mm. And because I had the active listening halo over the whole thing, mm. just holding that space mm. would, was so much more helpful for her. And I got one more example. Yeah. Saturday night, went out, and my friend who has had this long term boyfriend, I've spoken about it on here before, I think with the assuming good intent. Mm -hmm. And I said that she always saw the best in him yes. and it, she allowed a lot of behavior that didn't work yes. for her. So it came up at the dinner table and I'm very, very, very close to this woman. Mm -hmm. And it came up at the dinner table that um, she had seen him. Right. And he'd been in touch and she had seen him mm -hmm. when she told me the day before that she hadn't. Oh. Now, normally, I would sort of fly into a bit of a rage about it because he is so bad for her mm -hmm. and he just needs to go. Mm -hmm. And that is totally my opinion. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so she's like, yes, okay, look, look, I saw him and I and I didn't want to tell you because I know you get really annoyed and I know you get really upset, but, 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 but I did. That's how she told me. And I just sort of sat back mm -hmm. and I went, okay, how was it? Mm. And she looked at me. In fact, the whole table looked at me and said, "Who are you? Yes. And what have you done they with Nicole? Said, what? What? What's going on?" Yeah. And I said, "Okay, we're doing active listening <laughs> at the club." <laughs> they were like, "We knew it. We knew this wasn't the real you." I said, "You've got till Monday, so you better tell yeah. me now." <laughs> nice. I like that. It was very funny. That is very funny. But she did feel more encouraged to tell me what happened rather than me just getting really upset and defensive on her behalf. Well, then you did sort of learn a little lesson there, I right? I did. Okay. I did. I did. Good. I did. So that was my week. Nice. Yes. I think you also scored very highly this week. Thank you. I think we've done okay with our first week of mental health practices. We've done better than assuming good intent, haven't Much we? Much better. Let's, Maybe we've learnt. Let, let's summarise. Okay. What worked for you? Just that piece of holding space. Mm. We come back to this a lot. We do. That holding space, just being there for someone and breathing them in and not having to fix something. Yes. Is incredible. It's a real gift yeah. for someone else. Yes. Yes. What about you? Um, giving Zach that bit of attention and time that he needed and seeing how just like a few minutes can make a difference Aww. to somebody feeling heard. And also, I hope that my client, after that conversation where she was so upset and crying, felt 
listened to and supported, I think, is the main thing. Mm. I hope I gave that. Yes. What didn't work for you? None of it didn't work. It, it doesn't work if you don't do it. Yeah. I still feel like, even though I really tried, I still feel like I talk too much. There is a piece to this that I would like to bring to the epilogue show. Me too. Oh, maybe it's the same piece. Don't know. Because I think this is part of a much bigger conversation. It's all very well to do this active listening for the other person. And it is important. It's important for your relationships, which is obviously important for your own well-being. But you also need to be heard in return. Mm. You can't just be the one that's always doing the active listening. Otherwise, you will burn out. In my particular instances with my son and with my client, I did not need to feel heard in either of those situations. I don't, I don't mean in that moment. Yeah. Like I didn't need it with, with my friend that I yeah. just told you about yeah. at the front door. Yeah. I didn't need it with Adam. I yeah. didn't. Well, no, I did need it with Adam. That was different. Um, I just mean generally. Yes. In the main. Okay. I don't want to be the only active listener. Okay. I want people to actively listen with me. Yes, I think that's a slightly different subject, but I totally understand what you're saying. I was going to bring to the epilogue show the difference between men and women and listening and fixing and just listening. Oh, men are terrible let's at it. Let's leave it for, for Friday's show because I think there's things to be said on that. I've actually got a great example. Well, leave it for Friday. Well, I might forget. You won't. Write I, it down. Okay. Write, I'll it, write down. it down when we finish recording this. So, what did you learn? Again, like a reminder, more of a reminder yeah. of how to step into the active listening piece. Mm -hmm. Really needed the reminder, actually, mm. to bring it into my daily life. I really learned that it's a skill set. It is. And I do think some people are naturally active listeners and thoroughly engaged and they just are that person and I think they are often the people that you really want to sit next to at a dinner party because when you're around them you feel like no one else in the room exists mm. I think those are the active listeners mm. um, so that's what I learned that it's a real skill set and that it takes practice and that they're the people to sit next to at a dinner party they really are <laughs> so the big question before we forget this week oh, we can't forget again we mustn't no is it coming in the club? I hear you. I hear you loud and proud. Yes, it is. <laughs> of course it's coming in the club. How could it not? Of course it's coming. My feeling is all these mental practices are going to be coming in the club. I, I hope so, but let's see. It's, it's early doors. This is just episode one of five. Yes. It's, it's, it's a tough month for us. So remember, clubbers, we're going to be back on Friday with the epilogue show, but we're back tomorrow. <gasps> we're with, back tomorrow! With our first five-minute episode of self-care. So self -care tune club in clinic begins. Self-care club clinic begins. Check in for your appointment at the clinic at 7am. Very clever, I love that. We'll see you there. See you then. Bye.